For over 50 years, people have relied on Village Green Apothecary to give them individualized nutrition, pharmacy, and healthy living products. Village Green provides you with the kind of personalized help and attention that mass market pharmacies have long ago forgotten. You can depend on us for knowledge, experience, product selection, customer service, and a smile. Visit Village Green in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or call us at 301-530-0800 or go to our website at myvillagegreen.com. We're here to help you. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. Thank you all for tuning in. We're here every Sunday from 10 to 11 a.m. Always grateful to be here. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We've been doing it for many years now. You can listen to all of our previously recorded shows by visiting the Village Green website. And on the right-hand side of the homepage, there's a microphone icon. If you click on that, it'll take you to all of our previously recorded shows. Don't forget to tune in next week. My wonderful co-host Dana Lake will be here with another great show and excellent information to share with you. Um, Just want to mention a couple exciting things going on. Number one, Village Green is starting their, they're our sponsor, and uh, we're very happy that they've been sponsoring the show for so many years. They have their big summer sale that kicks off today, so all their supplements are on sale at 25% off, and their Pathway brand is 30% off, and that runs through July 14th. That's their biggest sales event of the year. Also, they've been starting a really interesting project started by the founder of Village Green. I interviewed him a few weeks ago on the show, and it is um, a really interesting approach to looking at uh, bioepigenetics. So it's the new platform that they're launching that incorporates a incredible amount of artificial intelligence based on a database of research studies, most of them um, sort of uh, compiled by Dr. Joseph Pizzorno, one of the foremost uh, recognized researchers and leaders and innovators in the field of natural medicine, been working on this project for over four years. And it's this amazing website platform interface filled with lifestyle interventions. You enter in all of your labs, uh, everything from genetic testing to regular parameters on lab tests, detailed questionnaires, and you get specific recommendations for you that are based on volumes of human research and cited journal articles. And you can learn more. They're getting ready to launch very soon. If you'd like to learn a little bit more or get in early so you can get some free services, visit www.iquyouhealth.com. Really trying to innovate and revolutionize the way healthcare is delivered and further personalize medicine. It's really a pretty pretty neat concept. Today we're talking with uh, Beth Lambert, We're going to be discussing an incredibly important topic that she is obviously passionate about and seems to have devoted her life's work to at this point in her career. We're talking about children's health and some of the issues going on with childhood illnesses and the rise and basically degradation of our children's health. You know, it's been estimated that this is the first, these children that are born now are the first generation ever to thought not to exceed the life expectancy of their parents. And every single generation before this that has ever been documented based on advancements of medicine, hygiene, cleaner living, access to clean food and water, all of the things that we've innovated as our society has modernized has always ensured greater longevity for the next generation than the parents. This is the first generation that hasn't, and it is scary and it is troublesome, and our children are suffering. Beth Lambert is an author, educator, and former healthcare consultant and has monitored and documented the escalating rates of childhood chronic conditions for a decade. 
Her book, A Compromised Generation, provides a thorough analysis of the origins of this modern health crisis and documents how modifications to environmental and lifestyle factors can profoundly influence health outcomes, including full disease reversal. Beth is the founder and executive director of Epidemic Answers, a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to reestablishing vibrant health in our children. She is also the creator and executive producer of the Documenting Hope Project, a multi-year perspective research study and media project that examines the cumulative impact of environmental stressors on health and their mitigation through personalized and systems-based treatment approaches. Beth is the mother of three children and is passionate about raising awareness about the connection between daily choices, human health, and planetary health. Beth, thank you for taking the time to be with us on the show today and sharing this incredibly important information for our children. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So uh, I'd love for even myself and our listeners just to get a little bit more familiar with who you are and how you came to be doing the work that you're doing and a little bit about your um, two different uh, resources. You have www.epidemicanswers.org and documentinghealth.com. Can you please just Tell us a little bit about you and your mission and your work, and give us some context here before we get into some of the nitty-gritty of, of these really interesting questions you're going to answer for us today. Sure, yeah. I got into this work of how many people get into children's health, and that is through my own children and becoming a parent and having this experience of sort of tuning into the pediatric population Suddenly, um, you know, when I was, um, I used to work in healthcare consulting. I consulted to pharmaceutical companies, medical device companies, et cetera, and sort of understood healthcare from that perspective. Um, and uh, then when I became a parent, my firstborn child had some symptoms that, um, you know, weren't really easily explained away. And I went to a variety of different kinds of practitioners looking for answers, you know, conventional medical practitioners like a gastroenterologist and an allergist and a psychologist. And um, because they were symptoms that really didn't fit in a box and I kind of got passed around and everyone sort of patted me on the head and said, oh, she's fine, she's fine, she's fine. But she had symptoms that sort of were unrelenting and all I really received was pharmaceutical band-aids as an option to help her with her symptoms. And they were, you know, some skin symptoms and GI symptoms and behavioral stuff, some neurodevelopmental stuff. Um, and, you know, I got so frustrated as a parent that I, um, I really felt like this, this can't be it. This is not how we uh, help our children grow and thrive by throwing a pharmaceutical at them and, you know, suppressing the symptom. So I ultimately ended up in the office of an integrative physician who took things from a different perspective. I also have a sister-in-law who's a naturopath um, and another sister-in-law who's a DO and, and have different perspectives. So I, I sort of had my eyes open to a different way of looking at health and wellness than the conventional medical model through these um, these people. And, you know, when I spoke to them all, they, they started talking about root causes and what might be sort of underlying factors that might be contributing to or precipitating these symptoms. And it was like having my mind blown, like, oh, we can actually look at the root cause instead of just getting a pill or a Band-Aid to, to cover it. Um, you know, and so I went through that experience, and, and what I found was that there were some underlying imbalances, some physiological kind of imbalances, you know, gut microbiome disruption, uh, some cellular toxicity, nutritional deficits, and nothing major, but enough that um, I was, you know, learned what they were and worked to adjust the imbalances, you know, change a few diet factors, reduce, reduce some toxic exposures in and around her home, like nothing that was rocket science. But what happened was, you know, so impactful. She, you know, she returned to good health in very short order. 
And to me, that was just such a um, an important experience um, and such a profound experience for me because I started looking around at all my peers who also had young children, and they seemed to have everything. Autism, ADHD, asthma, allergies, obesity, diabetes. I mean, it was like the entire preschool population seemed to have something. And I knew in my gut that this wasn't right. You know, kids aren't supposed to be labeled with some kind of chronic illness. I mean, chronic illness to me was always something that you developed later in life after you had lived 60 or 70 years and you had drank too much or smoked too much or never exercised or whatever it was, but you didn't develop chronic illness as a child. So this was a a, a profound moment of awakening for me that not only had I gone through this experience when my own child was showing symptoms, when I, as a parent, you know, had really done everything by the book and done everything that you're supposed to do, quote, unquote, keep your child healthy, healthy. And then I saw my peers doing the same thing, and yet all these kids were sick. Mm-hmm. So I happened to be in grad school at the time, and I just felt so strongly that I needed to better understand this problem. And so I spent the remainder of my grad school experience dig- digging into this and, um, you know, calling doctors and researchers and environmental health experts and trying to understand what had changed since I was a kid, what had changed over the last 30, 40, 50 years that would make an entire generation of kids so sick and so saddled with chronic illness? So then I, um, I ended up writing a book about it. It's called The Compromised Generation, and it looks at all the environmental factors that have, have accumulated over the last few decades and have resulted in the sickest gener- generation of children that we've ever seen. And so once I sort of had that knowledge and understanding of what was making our kids so sick, I wanted to shout it from the rooftops and, you know, let all the parents out there know not only that these things are making our kids sick, but there is so much that you can do to turn your child's health around. And I had experienced this firsthand, so, of course, I really felt it viscerally. So that became my my mission. Um, And, you know, around the same time I published my first book, I um, started a nonprofit organization, and it's called Epidemic Answers. Uh, And I pulled together, you know, a a board of directors of people who understood this, that, you know, understood the various um, integrative and natural and holistic tools that are available to people to um, support health and to prevent chronic illness and to reverse chronic conditions. Um, And the thing that I think compelled me most um, was that even serious chronic conditions like autism, which some people just think is genetic and brain-based and, you know, you were born with it and you'll always be this way, or um, serious debilitating conditions like rheumatoid arthritis or other kinds of autoimmune diseases, all of these conditions are reversible. You know, you can stop the progression of the disease. You can certainly prevent them. And in many cases, you can achieve full reversal. Um, and I found that to be just stunning that um, I was in the process of writing my book. I was introduced to families whose children had diagnosed, had been diagnosed with autism, like at the Yale a Child Study Center, you know, a very reputable place that wouldn't make a mistake on diagnosis. Um, you know, all these documented cases of kids with autism who, through lifestyle interventions, through personalized therapeutics, through pursuing sort of natural, holistic, and integrative approaches to healing, these kids got all the way better. So we're talking about kids who had, who were nonverbal, who, um, who were so debilitated on a day-to-day basis because of their sensory problems, who just were not living their, their, their full potential, whose, you know, parents and, and practitioners sort of gave them the tools they needed to begin developing normally again and reverse the, the, the progression of, of autism. And when I heard about these kids getting all the way better and living normal lives, it was like forever, it forever changed me because I knew that there 
there were so many families out there that were suffering and struggling, and it didn't have to be this way. And all it is is information. It's information and access to resources to help these kids get better. So that has been my my, my goal and my mission is to uh, raise awareness to what's happening to our kids, but also that it doesn't have to be this way, and there's tons that we can do, so much within our uh, reach that can help these kids get better and live full, happy, healthy, vibrant lives. Uh, so that's where... That's where I am now, and that's what I do every single day is try and let people know that this is possible. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a very exciting mission. I mean, for many people listening, it you know almost seems fantastical that you could, you know, just through quote-unquote natural therapies reverse these really severe conditions. But the reality is I think people have just been indoctrinated with a very warped sense of what medicine is or what medicine should be. Medicine is, for most people, is just you go to a doctor and they give you a pill and you get better. And Mm -hmm. when you're looking at, you know, multi-system-wide dysfunction as a result of things like environmental influences, poor diet, um, all sorts of things that have come about that we'll talk about in these continuing segments. It's not like using a natural therapy is just somebody gives you a magic pill from a plant and you're better. It's really this philosophy of understanding and supporting all of the systems in the body to work optimally. And then you have the ability of cellular health to regulate itself. And that is every single cell in your body is trying most of the time, if it's not improperly programmed with a severe genetic deficiency, trying to express health. And it's really just about removing the factors that inhibit that cell from trying to express health. It is programmed in your cellular DNA to most of the time do exactly what is right. And if you just remove the inhibitions that are preventing it from doing that, the cell will operate properly and systems come back in online. And I see that every day in my practice. And that is what you're seeing, even with these very severe conditions. When we come back from the break, Beth, let's get into some of the the really interesting questions that you know we have lined up for you today to really dig into this issue, because I think you have an amazing amount of information to share. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500. And we're going to be back right after these words. Solgar number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within 7 days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within 7 days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar number no. 7 says yes. Solgar number no. Seven available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Whole Food Multivitamins. They are the only USDA certified organic, non-GMO verified whole food multivitamins available. They're gluten-free, certified vegan, and feature a patent-pending clean tablet technology. Kind Organics is super clean, untreated, unadulterated, and real whole food. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics, now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Want to save money on vitamins, herbal remedies, and other health care needs? Then visit Village Green Apothecary during our big summer sale. Through July 14th, you can save big on vitamins, herbal remedies, and other nutritional products. Save 30% on our popular top quality pathway brand. Save 25% on other supplements. And save 20% on body care products. At Village Green, we have just what you need for a healthier lifestyle. Stop by Village Green Apothecary's big summer sale, 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland, or shop online 
online at myvillagegreen.com. Staying mentally sharp means nourishing the mind as well as the body. That's why there's new Cognosure from Metagenics. Research shows that the active natural ingredient in Cognosure supports multiple mechanisms necessary for maintaining healthy cognition and a healthy brain as it ages. Cognosure is also easy to take in delicious, chewable chocolate tablets. Have a clear and bright future by maintaining mental capacity with healthy habits and Cognosure. Remember Cognosure for healthy brain aging support. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. I'm Mark Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda, the most unique pharmacy in the country. You are unique, and at Village Green, we treat you this way. At Village Green, our passion is personalization and getting the root cause of health conditions. Guidance on foods, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. For over 50 years, customers have depended on advice from our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists. Visit Village Green in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Passero. We're talking with Beth Lambert about probably one of the most important topics in health these days, our children's health. And uh, yeah, it is crazy to see what is going on out there. I have two children of my own and, you know, um, luckily and thankfully, my children are both uh, healthy and developing very well. And, you know, there's been a lot of things that I've had to buck in the conventional world, I believe, to ensure that healthy development, everything from helping them understand why they can't have certain junk food that their friends are eating on a very regular basis, um, why they may need to take certain things and certain types of things to support their system, conversations that I have with their regular pediatricians who are very, very apt to always get out a prescription pad for a medication or an antibiotic. I mean, you know, sometimes you seem like an outlier, but it's literally what you have to do to protect the, your children. And I, I say that and I mean it in a very deep way, because if you understand, and luckily I do based on my education as a naturopathic physician, if you understand what the body needs, you understand that a lot of the things that are commonplace in our culture actually are very harmful. And you have to buck those things in order to protect your children, their bodies, and proper development. And the idea that you can just go around doing anything and everything that the culture culture says is okay isn't. It really isn't. And you know, it's 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 a battle. So, um, Beth, let's talk a little bit about this situation here. Can you give us some framework and talk about some of the statistics on childhood disease today and how they compare? with let's say just 10 or 20 years ago, such as percentage of children who are obese and autistic. And I'd love for you to address this, not just everybody, when you talk about statistics, especially with diseases, they'll always say, well, some people might argue, well, the population is growing and that's why they're increased amounts or detection is better and that's why they're increased amounts. But I'm sure having researched this in detail, you can really help people understand that that's not actually the case. So I'll let you go ahead and discuss it. Yeah, sure. I mean, um, part of why I see this as the problem that it is is because I was trained as a historian, and that's sort of um, the work I was always interested in is history. And human 
um, culture, and I was got deeply involved and interested in American culture and and, and health over the you know the course of of American history. And um, you know, one of the things that's really interesting is that you know the things that are so normal today that seem so quote unquote normal when they're really not normal, they're just common. Um, some of these things didn't exist at all prior to the industrial era or even really the 20th century. So if you take something like life-threatening food allergies, we see that as normal. So, you know, we just kind of shrug our shoulders and like, oh, another peanut allergy, oh, another high, um, you know, high sensitivity dairy allergy or something like that. It, do, it does not exist prior to the 20th century um, and really not in any great numbers until the middle of the 20th century. So something like anaphylaxis was that term, that term was coined in the beginning of the 20th century. It didn't exist prior to 1900 with a rare exception of a bee sting. Um, so, you know, it's things that, like that that you just can't deny. The data is very clear that um, it's not better diagnosis. It's objective data. You know, children will die if they eat this or if they are exposed to the shellfish or, or whatever it is. So there's those kinds of statistics that are skyrocketing. And now you have like one in 14 kids with a life-threatening food allergy. So you just can't deny things like that, right? Um, the other kinds of statistics that you get into where people get more argumentative about whether this is real or not are around kind of the subjectively diagnosed conditions like mm-hmm. ADHD or autism. Yeah. And so what you hear around that is you look at statistics like our autism epidemic right now is one in 40 kids in, uh, that have an autism spectrum uh, diagnosis, and you have one in nine kids with an, an ADD or ADHD diagnosis. And I actually think both of those numbers are kind of um, un, uh, underestimating the problem. I think it's bigger than that. But, um, you know, so you have people like um, Silsby saying, we need to look at this, you know, take the long view here and say, oh, well, autism and ADHD have already always been there. We just, you know, called it something different. We called, you know, the kids fidgety or, you know, maladjusted or not behaving well or what have you. And then autism, we just didn't have a name for it and we're better at diagnosing. Well, that's total nonsense. That's total nonsense. And the epidemiological research has been done to disprove the theory that it's just better diagnosis. It's, it is um, certainly better diagnosis that accounts for a part of um, that statistic of one in 40 kids with autism or one in nine kids with ADHD. We're absolutely better at identifying these children earlier and and giving them that diagnosis. But there is no question that these things did not exist in any great numbers before, um, you know, the last few decades. And then there's, an, there's a veritable epidemic going on. So with autism spectrum disorders, for instance, you had maybe one in 10,000 uh, in the 1970s. And every year that has increased. And in fact, my team took a look at it statistically and it looks, if you average the, the um, increase over time, it's about a 13% annual growth rate. And if right, right now we're at one in 40 kids with an autism spectrum disorder diagnosis, if you project that 13% growth rate forward annually, by the time we get to t- 2033, we're going to have one in four kids with an autism spectrum disorder. And that's not sustainable. I mean, the very first thing you said, you know, when we came back from break was that, you know, this is a very scary scenario what's happening to our kids. We have one 
in two children in the United States of America who are diagnosed with a chronic illness. That's diagnosed with a chronic illness. And, you know, of course, I'm including um, neurobehavioral, neurodevelopmental disorders in this, this category as well because they are chronic illnesses. They, are, um, they all have inflammatory components, cellular toxicity, physiological imbalances, microbiome imbalances. There are um, aspects of the body being dysregulated or, or out of order. You know, a lot of people want to say that um, you can't call autism or ADHD a chronic illness. Well, of course you can because what's going on is physiological. Mm-hmm. It's not genetic. It's not brain-based. It's not not just something that people are born with. So, you know, take the long view here, you know, going back to my original point about um, looking at history, if you take the long view, you know, again, things like allergies didn't exist before the 20th century in great numbers. Um, then you have, if you go back to the statistics that we did have on chronic illness um, in the 1960s, let's say, you had less than 10% of kids with a diagnosed chronic health condition. And now we're at 54% at least. And that's a diagnosed chronic health condition. So if you take, you know, one in two kids are, are diagnosed with something, how many kids are out there that have some kind of chronic health symptom but don't, quote, have, an, you know, a diagnosis? So, you know, kids who have the chronic constipation and the chronic belly aches and the, the sensory issues and the behavioral problems and can't learn and can't think and can't sit straight, those uh, kids are not diagnosed with anything necessarily, but they're still impacted by the same things that are impacting our kids with autism and ADHD and inflammatory bowel disease and and what have you. So we have a major, unprecedented, and seriously underreported health crisis that is going to cripple us as a nation until we start taking it seriously and start putting our children's health as a priority. So, um, you know, the long view is kids didn't used to be sick like this. And now they're sick, and we, it's up to us to start turning this epidemic around. Yeah, it's a little scary because the biggest forces that be aren't really paying attention to it in a way that really represents what needs to be done. You know, it's, it is it, the same model keeps getting pushed, this idea that kids can eat whatever they want. Kids can take whatever medications they want. Kids can do whatever it is that needs to be done just to get them through, you know, the, the gold standard for what it for what treatment of childhood issues is right now only fosters more imbalance and more problems. So it it really is going to take a grassroots effort. And it is coming mainly by the public, not being led by, um, unfortunately, the medical community and certainly not by the pharmaceutical community, which seems to really dictate the decisions that most parents make about what they're going to do with their children or the food industry. Exactly. And there's no incentive for any of those institutions to change. There's absolutely zero incentive for them to start looking at this Mm -hmm. or to fund the research behind it or what have you. And I absolutely agree with you that this is, you know, this may need to come sort of at a grassroots level. Fundamentally, what what needs to happen is there needs to be a cultural shift. And, And really, it's not that complicated what needs to happen. It's very simple. All that we need to do is to start realizing that environment matters. Yep to our health and to our children's health. And I use the word environment in the broadest sense. Okay. You know, so let's, so, let's talk about yeah. that. So we're going to dive right in. Cause you and I could just talk philosophy like the whole time. <laughs> right. But let's dive into it. Cause the next question on my list are what are the primary causes of chronic childhood diseases? And you've got like a, a list of different things here that are all very much could be classified as environmental vaccines, glyphosate, heavy metals, infections, poor diet, nutritional deficiencies, mother's health during pregnancy, C-section deliveries, EMF. So like, you know, let's get down to brass tacks and talk about what does that really mean when you say environment matters? So I use 
use the word environment in the broadest sense of the term. So in a lot of times people think environment, they think um, sort of toxins, right? Toxicity, which of course is primary. It's that central. That's one of the, the main features here. We live in the, one of the most, to- we live in the to- most toxic era ever in terms of, um, you know, synthetic chemicals and, and synthetic compounds that we're exposed to on a day-to-day basis that are making our body sick. But I also use the term environment in the broad sense. Um, and that is that can be, you know, not only what you're eating and what you're drinking and what you're putting on your skin or what you're breathing in, but it can also be, you know, your mindset and what your thoughts are and your behaviors. And, you know, how do you live your life? Are you running 90 minute miles an hour with no breaks and no lights? Or are you, you know, having sort of moments of contemplation and meditation and reflection? You know, that's what I mean by environment. It's all the things that are in and around us and that are part of our our daily life. Um, You know, I, I think that also includes things like relationships. You know, there's a lot of, there's been a lot of um, buzz recently about ACEs or, uh, you know, acute childhood events that, um, adverse childhood events that can impact our health, you know, later in our life. That's part of environment too. So, you know, the list of things that you just went down is, is, um, is just a you know the tip of the iceberg. Essentially, what it boils down to is that it's modern living, and our kids have what can only be described as modern living sickness. And we, as adults, have it too. But we grew up in a time, and we had the had the opportunity to, for the most most part, grow up in a less toxic environment, a less stressful environment. Um, and so our kids are experiencing a greater burden of environmental stressors than any human beings have ever before in history, and we're seeing the consequence. So I always think of it like, um, you know, the, the analogy that many people have used before um, of a barrel. And, um, you know, your, your barrel is your capacity um, to tolerate environmental stressors, whether that be toxins uh, or um, junk food or, you know, whatever the exposure is, EMF. And your body can tolerate so much. Human beings are remarkably resilient and can take a lot of toxicity. But at some point, your barrel fills up, right? All those sort of toxins are like a drop in the barrel. And once that barrel fills up, it overflows. And that's the body's lost its capacity to handle anymore. Now, you can support that barrel, the size and shape of it, through good nutrition, through natural sunlight, through fresh air, through touching the earth, through mindfulness practices. There's a million ways you can support your health. And the problem is the equation is skewed in the modern world. We're not doing enough to support our health, and we're doing too much to destroy our health. So there's not enough good stuff and too much bad stuff. And so our kids are the canaries in the coal mine, showing us essentially that the way that we're living is not sustainable to human health. So, um, you know, of course, there are some big baddies out there, I think, that are contributing to this chronic illness epidemic in our kids. I mean, there's certain toxins that are definitely having a major impact. For instance, glyphosate, which is the key component in pesticides like Roundup. I mean, that's ubiquitous. You can't eat a processed food and not be exposed to glyphosate, which disrupts your gut bacteria. And your gut bacteria are important for regulating your immune system. And if your immune system is dysregulated, you're going to start seeing things like allergies and autoimmunity. And so there's, you know, the big baddies like that. But, you know, it's ne- we're never going to get healthy by focusing on one big baddie at a time. What we need to do is shift our mindset and start thinking that, okay, my kid is sick or I'm sick and we have these health problems. What we need to do is get back 
to sort of natural living, natural rhythms, and, and really question anything that's new to nature, as Jeff Bland called it, anything that's new to nature, how is my body reacting with that? How is my body, what, what does my body do with that? If it's synthetic, you know, it, we didn't have millions of years um, of evolution to adapt to this new synthetic thing. So, you know, you have to think to yourself, like, what, like, what is this doing to my body? So I think instead of getting in the weeds in terms of all the things on a day-to-day basis that are really harmful, that we can certainly do that. The only way to really not feel overwhelmed by this modern living sickness epidemic is to embrace the idea that the way to overcome this is to really just strive to live as naturally as possible. That means eating foods in their most natural state. It means, um, you know, if you're going to use products, they really should be made of natural ingredients um, and, and not things synthesized in a lab. You should go to bed when the sun goes down and wake up when the sun comes up. That's a natural rhythm. Like you have to, you know, listen to your, to your biorhythms and the circadian rhythms. You know, you need to drink clean water and breathe clean air. These are, this is not rocket science. This is just recognizing and understanding that we are human beings that evolved on this planet over millennia and we've evolved in a natural environment a natural habitat and we're trying to force ourselves into this synthetic box and then we're scratching our heads as to why we're all sick mm-hmm. yep it's absolutely right and you know like i said at the beginning of the segment culture sort of makes it seem like all those things are normal the tv commercials that you watch everything from body care products to shampoos to makeups to toys that kids play with to the baby products from like to the minute they're born even mm-hmm. in preconception it's just every single thing is is geared at helping you believe that what you're being sold is good for you or is going to bring you happiness and really it's gotten so far away from you know what we should be doing in our natural state and that is what i think is most difficult for people is that the culture is so overwhelmingly um geared at making people disconnected from that natural state of living that you you really almost have to like you know, take the blue pill in the matrix. You like have to wake <laughs> up and like look at reality a little mm-hmm. bit differently. And it's a big change for a lot of people and sometimes takes time. When we come back from the break, Beth, let's pick the conversation up. We've got to take a quick break here. This is Dr. Kevin Passero with the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500. And we're going to be back right after these words. Mega Food Premium Whole Food Supplements are the only supplements crafted from scratch with farm fresh whole foods to deliver nourishment the way nature intended. MegaFood believes Mother Nature knows best. They select only fresh whole food, harvested at the peak of ripeness, handle it gently and with care to deliver its vital essence to you in every bottle. MegaFood, from farm to tablet, our name is our promise. For more information, visit us online at megafood.com. Zymogen is pleased to announce the arrival of FitFood, a delicious, high-quality, functional food that's formulated to support weight management, healthy body composition, glycemic management, cardiovascular and immune health, and more. Each delicious serving of FitFood contains 21 grams of pure New Zealand-sourced bioactive whey protein, 6 grams of fiber-immune-supporting oat beta-glucan, and additional glutamine, glycine, taurine, 
and MCTs. Fit Food provides holistic support for today's active body. Learn more at Zymogen.com. Available now through your health care professional and Village Green Apothecary. All over the world, people are beginning to discover fish oil is one of the best secrets for unlocking great health. Thousands of studies have shown the amazing effects of these powerful omega-3s for heart health. Plus, fish oils have even been shown to balance moods and lessen anxiety. With exceptional taste, unrivaled freshness, and unsurpassed purity, Nordic Naturals is the easy way to get your omega-3s every day. To learn more, visit Village Green Apothecary or visit NordicNaturals.com. Nordic Naturals, committed to the planet, committed to pure and great-tasting omega oils. The brain requires nutrition just like the rest of the body. And this is where Gero Formula's Neuro Optimizer comes to the rescue. Neuro Optimizer is a concentrated source of nutrients needed for memory, mood, concentration, and focus. Neuro Optimizer supplies the building blocks for neurotransmitters, the chemicals that allow cells in the brain to communicate and to file away memories. Neuro Optimizer is the nutritional answer to the brain's needs. To learn more about formulas, visit Gero.com. Gero Formulas, available at Village Green. Apothecary. Hi, I'm Gail Isaacson, owner of Village Green Apothecary, where we've been specializing in meeting your unique healthcare needs for over 50 years. Our passion is helping you to get to your root cause of health conditions. At Village Green Apothecary, our expert team of pharmacists and clinical nutritionists offer guidance on diet, nutrients, and pharmaceuticals to empower you with personalized recommendations just for you. Plus, we offer lab testing and nutritional consultations to optimize your health plan. Visit Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda or online at myvillagegreen.com. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM 1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am your host for today, Dr. Kevin Pissero. Just want to make a quick mention, the Village Green, our sponsor, is having their big summer sale. It's their biggest sale event of the year. They're offering 25% off um, all supplements and 30% off all Pathway products, and that's through July 14th. Also, make sure to check out uh, a new project started by the owner of the Village Green in partnership with one of the foremost leaders and innovators in natural head medicine, Dr. Joseph Pizzorno. It's a personalized, it's a platform, internet-based platform using artificial intelligence to help you really get personalized answers to your health questions. You can learn more and sign up now before it launches to get free access to some of the content they have at www.iqyouhealth.com. That's iqyouhealth.com. We're talking with Beth Lambert, and we've been discussing this issue of childhood illness. She's obviously dedicated her you know, last however many years of her career to really furthering the health of our children, not by, oh, just doing the basic things, but really by taking a huge look at what are the factors in modern life that are so incredibly degrading the health of our children and leading to this staggering statistic of basically 54% of all children being diagnosed with a chronic illness. It's um, really a scary statistic, and anybody who has kids sees this play out, maybe not, maybe in their own children, but if not in their own children, you see it all over, you know, the kids, the children that your kids play with, the children that are in their classes, in their camps, you hear the stories, you see the problems, and you realize that kids are suffering and not living comfortably in their bodies. Truly, they are not. And, um, you know, Beth, I applaud you in all of your work, effort, and research in order to help try and figure out what is causing this which is really the fundamental start of figuring out how we come up with a solution to this problem is understanding it, which is really what you've devoted 
your work to. So how do we solve this problem? What are some of the actionable steps that people can take to help bring their children back to a better state of health and a more natural state of living? So there's certainly the cultural component, right? That we know we need to shift culture and we need to get people to start thinking differently about how they live their daily lives. But how do you do that? And, you know, one of the things that's interesting to me uh, is how much, especially in American culture or Western culture, we place emphasis on uh, relying on science to tell us what to do, which I think is good and bad. Um, So what I mean by that is that, especially with regard to health, we tend to not make decisions about our health until our doctor says it's okay to. And we sort of outsource our health to our physicians. It's like a very common cultural thing to do, like, oh, I've got this bellyache, and instead of, like, investigating what might be going on my own, I'm going to go to my doctor, my doctor's going to tell me what's going on, and then I'll follow my doctor's advice. Well, I think, um, again, that has its benefits and its detractions, and the detractions come from when we rely on uh, physicians that are trained in one modality and one methodology, and the conventional medical model is, again, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but it is, it's not looking from a systems-based. It's not looking at how the environment is impacting health. It's it's very much rooted in genetic determinism, and, and we think everything is, you know, a function of genes. So when we're when we're looking at the fact that the environment is destroying our health, and it's these, you know, many, many, many environmental factors, like all the toxins in the environment, you know, and if we're going to wait for science to prove to us that environment matters, the way that science is structured right now and scientific study and inquiry is set up right now, it's going to take us a very, very, very long time before we reach the conclusion that environment matters and that, oh, maybe I shouldn't, uh, you know, have exposure to BPA or phthalates or aluminum or glyphosate or whatever it is. You know, and, and the way that, that science is set up right now is we study one molecule at a time. So we have this theory, some scientists out there suspect that glyphosate might be a problem for the human body and might impact health negatively, so we study it. It takes us 25 years to study it, and some of the studies are sponsored by industries, so they're not actually giving true scientific results, and it's kind of mixed. It takes a long time for us to realize that that one molecule is a problem for human health, and this is how we do it, right? So we've gone through and been checking the boxes, and we've identified all these new chemicals and synthetic agents are actually dangerous to human health. But when is that going to ever end? Because we are creating new molecules at a rate that is breathtaking. So it's really like this treadmill we're never going to get off. So what we need to start doing is doing science differently. And then what we need to do is start taking sort of a systems approach or systems perspective on this and looking at the multifactorial nature of of the human being and starting to look at things differently. So what, um, what we've done... Uh, through the Epidemic Answers, is sponsored a project called the Documenting Hope Project, um, which is, uh, is sponsoring several research studies that aim to demonstrate that environment matters. And what we're not doing is studying one molecule at a time to show the impact of one molecule on one health outcome. Instead, what we're doing is uh, asking questions about, well, well how do... How does modern living impact our health? And what if we look at many things at once and how they impact health? So we designed a couple of research studies to, to probe these questions and, and look deeper here. We've, um, we have partnered with Dr. Martha Herbert, who's um, been on this uh, program before. She's a pediatric neurologist um, and neuroscientist, and she's been interested in uh, autism and children's health for her career. And so um, a couple of the studies we've designed um, are going to help us answer this question. Uh, the first study is actually an inventory where we are 
going out and um, asking parents to fill out an online survey. It's the most comprehensive environmental health survey that's ever been done, um, asking over 900 questions of parents, asking about what their, you know, what was their prenatal life like, what was thing, what was in, in and around their environment uh, preconceptually, uh, what kinds of um, conditions did uh, great-grandparents have, what's your child eating, how's their sleeping, what's their stooling look like, what are their symptoms? I mean, every question you could possibly imagine, we're collecting as much data as we can so that we can begin to assess Um, this notion of total load, which again goes back to that barrel analogy I was talking about. So instead of saying, does glyphosate, you know, harm your health? And if so, what does it do? It's looking at what, what kind of health outcomes do we see when there's an increased burden of stressors on a body? In other words, kids who have fewer modern living stressors, less EMF, less toxins, less antibiotics, what does their health look like compared to children who have more uh, environmental health stressors? So the, the, what we're trying to demonstrate here is that human life is complex. There's many, many factors. And we know that if you live more simply, more um, in tune with nature, you're going to have better health outcomes than if you live more in this complex modern, modern world. But we're collecting data and doing the science to justify that and to really make it um, something that, you know, the conventional medical community, conventional scientific community will take seriously um, because we'll have the data to support it. So that's one research study we're doing. The second research study we're doing um, is taking that same information and asking the question, okay, well, if we know that a children with more environmental health stressors and less health supports like good nutrition and, you know, outside exposure, et cetera, if those children are getting sick, what happens if we change those variables? So what if we take a child who's got a chronic illness like autism or ADHD or rheumatoid arthritis and we give them as many health supports as we can, so nutritional support and um, personalized therapeutics and, and have them live in, in natural rhythm and then we remove as many of the environmental stressors as possible, go into their homes and take out the toxins and take out the EMFs, the Wi-Fi from their home, and give them all the kinds of healing support that they need. What's going to happen to that child's health? Will their health be transformed? And so our objective is to demonstrate that by addressing total load, meaning the total burden of stressors on your body, and giving the body what it needs to heal, these kids can actually reverse their chronic conditions. So it's as you started out saying, when you remove the obstacles to healing and you support the body in the way that it needs to be supported to heal, that you can totally reverse these chronic health conditions. So that's our second study. It's a prospective longitudinal multivariate uh, study, and it's in a small uh, sample of children. So we're just getting uh, the first of those two studies underway, um, and we'll actually be enrolling uh, participants into the, the first study, the, the health inventory, the online survey in the, in the coming weeks. Um, that survey is called CHIRP. It stands for Child Health Inventory for Resilience and Prevention. Um, and so we'll um, be accepting applicants into that uh, program in, uh, via the Documenting Hope website. So if you're interested in learning more about that study, and if you want to participate in that, you can go to documentinghope.com. Um, and one other thing I'll say about that study is that for any parents who participate in that study, they'll actually receive a free personalized report. So, um, you know, they'll go in and answer all these questions, as I mentioned. It's online. It's cloud-based, HIPAA-compliant. And, um, you know, when they put their answers in, so we ask, you know, what is your child eating? What is their laundry detergent? What kind of toothpaste are they using? Like all these kinds of things. If you answer, put in answers um, that 
indicate that your child is exposed to something toxic or something unhealthy for them. We actually report that back to the parents, and 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 it's featured in the report as a highlighted stressor. In other words, the parents will get a report back anywhere between 50 and 150 pages that highlights all the things in their child's life that is actually a potential health risk or is a stressor, a potential health stressor on their child's body. So a parent can actually take this report, walk it into their naturopath or their integrative physician and say, you know, help me, help me unravel this. Help me live a healthier life. Help me support my, better help my child's, um, better support my child's health. Or they can even use it as a roadmap on their own to begin making lifestyle changes that are going to be more supportive of their child's health. So we are very serious about not only doing the research and collecting the data that demonstrates that environment matters, but we're also really serious about empowering parents to take control of their own health and their family's health and start making lifestyle changes that will help their children flourish and thrive. Well, that's really amazing research, and it's such a different model uh, than what is typically done. And I think that is so important because while research is needed on single entities and, um, you know, specific types of, of things, these really, it's an emerging world of looking at research with multi multifactorial influences. And that is something that needs to change in the research world. We see it all the time and we've seen it for decades in the naturopathic community, understanding that the interventions that we give are helping people live better lives, but sometimes we're implementing multiple different things at different times. And the model from what research currently looks like does absolutely need to change. And what you guys are doing and the thoroughness and and how you're looking at it is going to yield very useful data for people to start incorporating into their lives. And that, that is where things need to go. And you know, to your point of the fact of studying one chemical at a time, sometimes you just need to use basic common sense and not necessarily wait for the science to catch up. Many people 20, 30 years ago understood that trans fats probably weren't healthy. They were a synthetic type of chemical that was produced and really were not natural to the body. And, you know, but everybody said it was safe, it was safe, it was safe. And government said it was safe and industry said it was safe. And, you know, the research was just, uh, there was research out there indicating that it wasn't, but there's so much influence. And now, you know, 20, 30, years later, trans fats are pretty much banned. So, you know, it's just like, and we could probably give 20 or more examples of things that were incredibly detrimental to human health. BPA is another one. It's safe. It's safe. It's safe. Oh, wait a second. No, it's not safe. We're going to ban it now Mm -hmm. in in all baby products. But for however many children got exposed, it was safe. And it was safe because industry was funding a lot of the research. And do you really need always science to tell you what is logical. Do you need a 100%, you know, or a thousand studies on why broccoli is good for you to understand that eating broccoli is healthy? You know, and, right. and so it, right. it, it it's funny that we get caught up in that. Yes, we've identified a new compound in broccoli that activates an enzyme in the, you know, uh, cells in the liver that increases detox. I mean, it's all really cool. And I love how, you know, science is catching up to what we know and it further validates what we do. But sometimes you just have to take a step back and look at what is logical. And that is really what you're doing. But it is important also to have brilliant people like yourself be able to create a construct of research to help other people understand and to validate some of the things that are more important. The more we learn about it, the better we're going to be at solving the problem. So I applaud you and your team for putting so much work and effort into designing these very complex lifestyle-based studies and really breaking ground on new avenues of research to help our children. We're going to be back right after this break. This is Dr. Kevin Passero. This last segment, we're going to be wrapping up with Beth Lambert and this incredibly important uh, discussion about the health of our children. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after these words. 
Solgar Number no. 7 can help you feel the difference. Solgar Number no. 7 actually shows improvement in joint comfort within seven days. Now you can start to get back on track fast and pursue the activities you love. Solgar Number no. 7 is a breakthrough in joint care with no glucosamine and no chondroitin. The advanced bioactives in Solgar Number no. 7 help to increase flexibility, mobility, and range of motion within seven days. One capsule once a day is all you need. When stiff joints occasionally say no, Solgar Number no. 7 says yes. Solgar Number no. 7. Available at Village Green Apothecary. New from Garden of Life, Kind Organics Multivitamins. That's right, certified organic. Made with the highest quality standards. Uncooked, untreated, unadulterated. Non-GMO certified, vegan, and gluten-free. Kind Organics Multivitamins from Garden of Life. Be kind to your body and the earth. Kind Organics. Now available at Village Green Apothecary and online at myvillagegreen.com. Want to save money on vitamins, herbal remedies, and other health care needs? Then visit Village Green Apothecary during our big summer sale. Through July 14th, you can save big on vitamins, herbal remedies, and other nutritional products. Save 30% on our popular top quality pathway brand. Save 25% on other supplements and save 20% on body care products. At Village Green, we have just what you need for a healthier lifestyle. Stop by Village Green Apothecary's Big Summer Sale, 5415 West Cedar Lane in Bethesda, Maryland, or shop online at myvillagegreen.com. Some things are hard to stomach, and life doesn't stop for occasional immune challenges or intestinal distress. ProBalarti from Metagenics offers a new targeted probiotic approach for intestinal support. Help maintain control while traveling or as a follow-up to antibiotic therapy to support intestinal flora for healthy intestinal function. ProBalarti provides ID-certified probiotic strains suggested by research to enhance certain aspects of immune function in addition to promoting a healthy balance of intestinal microflora. ProBalarti is the go-to probiotic for patients on the go. Get it today. Available through your healthcare professional and Village Green Apothecary. Have you ever wondered why the cold and flu season occurs in the fall and winter months? One theory is because of a decrease in sun exposure, our bodies don't make enough vitamin D, which is essential to proper immune function. That's why medical experts recommend supplementing with vitamin D. Thorne Research's vitamin D products are made from pure vitamin D with no preservatives or unnecessary ingredients added. Support your immune system with Thorne's vitamin D1000 and D5000. These and other immune-supporting formulas are always available at Village Green. Welcome back, everybody, to the Essentials of Healthy Living here on AM1500, brought to you by the Village Green Apothecary. I am here with Beth Lambert. Um, she is founder of www.epidemicanswers.org and also documentinghope.com. These are websites completely dedicated to understanding how to improve the health of our children by reducing chronic disease and illness in our children, which, as she has observed as a historian and researcher, has skyrocketed over the last few decades and even longer. So incredibly important topic. There's nothing more important we can do than support the health and wellness of our children. And as all very logical, very important things to do that not only leads to the better health of our children, but also leads to better health for adults and better health for our planet, creating a more sustainable and healthy environment for us all to live in. So important. So, uh, Beth, we you know don't have a ton of time left in this last segment, but I know you have a huge passion regarding the microbial balance uh, of the body and how that relates to, to health. And this is the concept of the microbiome. Maybe you can just highlight some of your thoughts on this before we wrap up the show today, because it is an important topic. Yeah, I think that um, I came into this whole 
uh, world through the lens of the microbiome because I really started learning that so much of what is making our children reactive to their environment, that their immune systems are so screwed, uh, skewed, has to do with the fact that our microbiomes are out of balance and that we don't have the microbial diversity that we need to for good health. So I think that, you know, as Hippocrates said, all diseases begin in the gut. And of course, everyone knows that the gut is extremely important for immune health. It's actually really empowering for parents uh, to focus on the gut and what they can do to help their child have uh, good gut health and to, to build a strong microbiome because that's something you don't need a special doctor for. You don't really need, you know, an advanced degree. The microbiome is something you can manipulate through food and through exposure. So you can feed your children more um, vegetables, more fibrous foods, more varieties of of vegetables, and that will have a profound impact on their microbiome. Mm -hmm. And as I mentioned, the microbiome is going to determine whether your immune system is functioning properly or not to a large degree. So I feel like that is, um, you know, people don't know where to start. Like, how do I start? This is so overwhelming. You know, the total load of environmental factors is too much to take in. I think you start in the gut. And I think if you start focusing on, I'm going to try and improve my child's microbial diversity and, and, and microbiome, it, you're going to get the most bang for your buck. You're going to be rewarded in spades uh, once you start trying to um, do everything you can to increase the diversity and to strengthen the, the gut health. So I've always um, been fascinated with how important the microbiome is, and, the, and those, those gut bugs in our, in our gut are just keeping us healthy. Mm-hmm. So it's a great place to start, and it's a, it's a you know, really empowering piece of information to know that we can manipulate it and we can help support it in um, many, many ways. Yeah, and it's important to note that most people hear microbiome and they immediately think, oh, I need to go out to the store and buy my child a probiotic. You actually don't need to spend a dollar on a probiotic to make major influences on the microbiome. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it it has to do with, like you said, including it's not only what you feed your child. Right. So, yes, more vegetables, a diversity of vegetables, you know, good quality fruits, you know, good quality food will definitely have a major impact on the diversity of the microbiome. But it's also what you decide to not feed your child. You also have to Mm -hmm. pull back on um, highly processed food, not only because it's high sugar content, high carbohydrate content, which has can can have some negative impacts on the microbiome. But in addition, a lot of those processed foods are going to be geared at the grains in there are all genetically modified organisms, many of them. They've been heavily sprayed with these pesticides or herbicides like glyphosate, which you know negatively impact the gut bacteria. So shifting a diet to being organic foods or looking at things that have labels that say they're part of the non-GMO products because GMO foods are typically genetically modified to withstand higher amounts of glyphosate spray. These are all little things that you can do that really over time add up to major influences on the microbiome and is an incredibly important piece of creating a good foundation for your child's health, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And avoiding things that destroy them like pharmaceuticals. I mean, most pharmaceuticals that we use, antibiotics, gut meds, they have a really bad impact. So you just can choose more natural options, you know, unless you absolutely need them. You can. Yeah. And even if you don't know how, talk with your pediatrician. Most pediatricians are fairly aware of the fact if you bring your child in with an earache or some type of issue and they want to write a prescription for your child, you can say, well, geez, doctor, I'd, I'd like to reduce my child's exposure to antibiotics. Do we have have any other options or can we manage this maybe with just some pain relievers for a day or two and then have a come in for a follow-up and if it isn't resolved then maybe use the antibiotic i mean 
even pediatricians now based on antibiotic resistance and the things that we're seeing are starting to become a little bit more aware of using less antibiotic therapy or at least in willing to engage in that discussion with a parent. And of course, if you have the resources to go and seek out a doctor who can take a different approach to support your child through childhood health conditions that you know normally would require antibiotics, that is obviously the ideal. So, uh, Beth, thank you so much for being on the show. If you would like to learn more about the amazing, groundbreaking work that she's doing, visit www.epidemicanswers.org or www.documentinghope.com. Beth, thank you for your work, your passion on this topic. It really is admirable and incredibly important and valuable for the health of our children. So thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. All right, everybody, that wraps up the show for today. Thank you for tuning in. This is Dr. Kevin Passero wishing you all the best of health until next time. Take care. Did you know at Village Green Apothecary, we offer everyday savings on top quality nutritional supplements, including herbs and homeopathic remedies, plus personal care products and more. That's right. In addition to our big sales events, you can save up to 20% on most everything you need for a healthier lifestyle. Today and every day at Village Green, we care about our customers. We've been providing the best nutrition and healthy living products for over 50 years. Stop by Village Green Apothecary in Bethesda at 5415 West Cedar Lane or visit our website at myvillagegreen.com.